0: I was trying to like shy away being like he's over here and I'm like listen I'm, I'm trying to be and he's like no no I need to see you. and I was like oh, okay that's weird <laughs> um, and then I was doing that and he was trying to talk to me in between he was like you know some guys like put the tap on and it helps and I was I just said I'm like listen one way it's not going to help me if you keep talking like let me <laughs> try and do this here uh, and then like cause we were in a hotel room with my with my coaches and teammates, like I was like, Right, shut that door. Like I don't mind you seeing, but I don't want the guys I'm flying home with to see as well. But
1: how's it going, guys? Welcome back to Here's the Crack Podcast. Um, another podcast, another guest on. We've got Reese McKee on, who's very kindly agreed to come on and have a chat with us. Um, I suppose first things first, let you take the stage and explain who you are for those who don't know. Yeah, so um,
0: I'm a professional mixed martial artist um, from Balamina, 25, um, kind of been doing it for the last 10 years, A um, fellow Balamina man showing the support there, <laughs> um, yeah, like so that's probably how I'm best known, but, you know, I've, uh, I, have, I have other endeavours with gyms and stuff like that, so, um, but yeah,
2: best known for the fighting, I suppose. Yeah. And- and how, how did you get into the UFC or the MMA, I meant to say? The- um basically like
0: it was just kind of an accident to be honest I was playing local football uh, nothing high level like we're talking under 15 under 16 uh, and like I was bored it was like pre-season or something like that and I needed something to do uh I walked into an MMA gym and got you know got basically uh my arms bent left right and center and you know uh everything hurt but in some weird way I got hooked and, and left football and And, like, from there, I just started fighting again by accident. And here we are. it's literally
2: near 10 years later, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And did you take to it quick enough then? Or was it sort of just more, I want want to learn how to do this? I didn't. I didn't feel like I was taking to it quickly, but everybody else said I was.
0: Um, you know, for me, it was just getting sore and uh, less fun. <laughs> but like, you know, then I started doing a few competitions, which were like nothing massive, like grappling competitions with no punching, of course. And then I started winning a few. And, um, and I think once you start to see that you are progress- progressing, it's, it's very addictive. You know, it's it's that type of sport.
1: Yeah.
3: It's- was there a particular fight, like, or moment that sort of stands out for you that you sort of realized, I, I think I'm actually quite good at this, and sort of push you forward to get to where you are? You
0: know we were starting, like, I remember I won a few amateur fights, and then they started mentioning like a title and stuff, and I was like, flip, that's a bit, like, it's a bit drastic, you know, uh, so, like, I guess and around that stage, and then they started talking about going pro, and you know, obviously when you go professional, you start getting paid for it, and like, so, like, there, there was no real defining moment, but it was once people started to talk about it in that and that term, I suppose, that's when I started looking at it like that. But like, you know, I didn't wake up one day and go, right, this, this is it now. So it was kind of gradually, once once I realized it was even possible to win a fight, uh, and then, then it was kind of getting funner.
1: What, like, did you, did you, obviously, for me, it's like hearing you say, like you went in and got your arms bent and probably got like a few punches thrown your way. Like, for most people, they'd be like, frig that, I'm not going back. But did you just automatically kind of take to it and think, yeah, this is for me? Like,
0: I suppose, like, if I'm being brutally honest, and, I, and I'm kind of getting more with this, the, the kind of a bit older I get, I suppose, like, I always liked the tension as a kid, like, which sounds like, oh, like, he loves the But, like, I think that's fine being the sport I was in. So I suppose when, like, I'd done that sport and I realised that not many other people kind of done it, and it gave me a kind of maybe a chance to have center stage, then I was all over it. And again, it wasn't for the attention because I would have went to an easier sport to get the attention. But I think that, that gave me the fix because it's a very individual sport, if that makes sense. So yeah. The fact that I was like getting punched and, and getting the bad things happening, then I was able to turn it around and kind of you know start to earn my stripes. Um I loved that. And and again, I think I think that's what really hooked me in.
1: Yeah what what age were you Under you were 16 then yeah
0: 16 i think i just turned 16 so um were
1: you, were you like still at school or did you yeah were you, still at school um we were you not um, walking in and teachers are like what's this kid at like
0: this, this was actually kind of the funnest part because like um it's so ridiculous i've never talked about this actually it's like uh, we had an after school club and it was dubbed fight club like what we really did was got like boxing gloves on and like just tried to like punch each other in the face and I remember like and he's going to see this uh he'll probably see this. he'll definitely see this like I had a at a teacher and he, he trained MMA in a gym or something and I remember thinking like I'm going to do it and I remember I remember one day I told him I was starting a local gym and he kind of he kind of let it fall off his shoulder and it kind of nipped me because I remember like he wasn't taking me that serious um but I think I actually think that was a big reason like why I went for it even more. So um, teachers definitely did think I was crazy, uh, you know. But um, regardless,
2: I I was still very set in the way at, at doing it. So, yeah. It, it probably wouldn't have been like as big a sport as it is now. Obviously, like back then, it would have been a bit more like you know. Now, when you hear like UFC, MMA, everyone's like it's massive, you know. But like back then, would it have been as big a sport, or was it sort of a bit more? Yeah. Definitely not.
0: Like, um, you know, it was very much still like, you know, uh, very graphic, you know, violent. Um, thugs only would do that kind of kind of attitude. Where I think now, like, we're really seeing the, seeing the change with MMA. Where it's like, this is definitely not a gentleman's sport just yet. But like, we're getting closer. You know, like, um, yeah, it's just it, it was hard to get accepted at the start. But you know, we forced our way in, and we've done it.
1: Yeah, and. It's not. It's not like. Do you think? Where do you think the change was? Like, cause as soon as you, as soon as most people say, MMA, UFC, I mean, for I, f- for more like a younger person, they're automatically going to go. O'Connor McGregor,
0: mm-hmm. like,
1: was that sort of the turning point, or was it? What was it more like? Sort of, what sort uh, of happened there? Like,
0: for me, it was well. Obviously, you know, I I started doing it before it was cool. Before McGregor was there, so um yeah. But like, in terms of like. Uh, the general population understand what MMA was. Con McGregor is one hundred and ten percent the reason that it's so massive. And anybody that you know, there's a lot of people that don't like McGregor. Um I think he's fantastic, but they'll say, oh, it wasn't because of him. It absolutely was. I was at the sport when he, you know, I was I was training when he started getting so big and the whole thing just went crazy since then so um it was a, yeah and around the time
2: mcgregor started to rise like the whole sport just went crazy
1: yeah
2: and when you've seen him sort of make his way into the ufc did you sort were you sort of looking at him being like well like if he can do it there's no reason why he can't you know like well i actually i had a teammate at the time
0: it was norman park um and he got he was in the ufc too uh he done it before mcgregor yeah, yeah. he done it before mcgregor so he kind of showed me it was possible and he was like, we were training on the same gym and the same mats and we, you know, we sparred each other. So that was when I really seen it was possible. When I seen McGregor do it, it just further reinstated that it is possible. Uh, yeah. so yeah, by that, by the time I seen McGregor, like I, I believe I probably would have known that's what I wanted.
1: Yeah. And for, I was going to, I was going to ask there, whenever you started off, like your pro, your first pro fight, like, explain that, because you, like, from looking back at what you've done, that kind of jumps from the, up up to Cage Warriors and then obviously UFC. So, yeah. like, is there, like, a stepping, is there, like, a ladder where you know, like, oh, no shit, I'm going, I'm going <laughs> further here. Like,
0: like I was, so I, I'm kind of, I'm lucky and, and I'm not lucky, but, uh and then an extent like my, I went from an, am, my last amateur fight was in, like, a, a hall that held three, 400 people. And I was at a top amateur fight before the, for a, a title at the time. And then on, from on that, I got my pro debut on a week or like a week and a half notice and it was in an arena. So like you kind of go from like shows to arenas and like ever since I've only ever fought in arenas. So like for me, my whole pro career has been very like heavy in, in terms of like what it looks like. Like mm-hmm. if you see the difference from where I fought at amateur to where I'm fighting like now, like with uh, Bama, or Cage words or UFC, like it's just, you know, you're literally going from the Balamina sugar or not the Balamina sugar' it's like a Balamina pitch till like, old trafford kind of setups like it's just totally different so um like i suppose since the since the day i went pro it's felt like flip this is a this is a real difference here
3: yeah i do think that there's a factor like your fighting style and like how you have progressed in the sport do you think it's like throwing you in the deep end it's helped you like progress a lot quicker or i love it i
0: love i love like i love being in the I love the big shows and the big arenas and the yeah. big stage and the fireworks and, you know, the the kind of the more of a show. Again, again it comes back to, like, being younger and probably liking center stage a lot. Like, you know, I think that's a hell of a good trait for a young person to have, uh, especially in a sport. So, uh, yeah, yeah I definitely think it affects my uh, my fighting style. If I had to fight in crappy halls with, uh, with no real production, I, I don't think I'd be as up for it if I'm being totally honest.
1: Yeah. And was there a point? I know what Shay had asked. Was there a point where, like, you knew everything was like turning around? But like, whenever you went up to Bama and like cage Warriors and all, was there ever a fight that you you done? And then afterwards, like, the attention you got was like, was there ever just that penny drop moment where you're like, right here, I'm here, but I'm going further. Um,
0: I, like I've had so many good, I've had a really good, really really good nights. Like I was five and zero. Um, had the, the British title and fought in Belfast in the SSE it was like I fought like you know one of the final fights the big like I mean I don't know there must have been six or seven uh, thousand people there like you know this was like the night I would meant the win after that I believe would have been a very big moment but I lost the fight so like I have loads of moments where I got like right there and then like back a step and then right there again then back a step so um you know loads of them nights I remember like if I won it, would have been very big. But listen, we got there, and we got there the long way anyway, and, and, and I knew I would, but them nights, looking back, were, were probably harder to take at the time, but, you know,
2: in hindsight, everything's a bit easier, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think, like, having, like small setbacks like that sort of helped you, like, pre- prepare better, you know, like, when you went to the UFC and you fought twice, like, do you think, like, having the small setbacks sort of prepared you more for
0: Yeah, to- like, yeah, like I, I see to be honest, I think when you're talking like professional sport, like it's very hard to look at it as a setback. Like, like you're talking a 50 50 chance on paper, anyway, a 50 50 chance to go in and fight someone, and there's a 50% chance you're going to win and a 50% chance you're going to lose. So, you yeah. really leave the fight being like, I'm so surprised I lost. Do you know what I mean? There was, yeah. always, there was always that chance. So, um, I've always, I, I always try I deal with a loss well or, or a setback well um you know they do sting they do hurt and, and definitely annoying but
2: yeah. yeah
0: yeah setbacks help everybody needs setbacks in life like every one of us have had setbacks you know it's essential it's essential for growth
1: yeah i think the, the whole the whole thing as well where a lot of people did you feel like a lot of people had a lot of respect for you because obviously you went up you went up to ufc on like a week's notice and fought i can't even pronounce his name like or something that's
0: but like a, a attack, it?
1: <laughs> but like obviously you went up and and fought him and then like do you think because that was not looking back at that and watching it like although everything sort of happened so quickly there was more of a respect there because you just went yeah I'll do it and it's not as if yeah. you could turn around and like look at that fight and go, Oh, you got the absolute crap kicked out of you because you didn't like it was just more like it just happened. Do you know what I mean? Like what it, did he how how quick was he just a whip like? <laughs> <laughs> um, like?
0: A whip you know is not a bad way to describe him. Um there's so there's so many like factors in that fight and I, I have zero excuses because I put myself in that position to take the fight. Um like, we have, like, Kamzat was a wrestler, Um, you know, very heavy. Like, he's going to take you down and do what he does. Like, obviously, with our country being in lockdown, I hadn't had the chance to wrestle for, like, nine, ten weeks. And I remember accepting the fight on the the Saturday and the Monday when in the wrestle. And, like, that was the first I wrestled in ten weeks uh, before we flew off to, like, Abu Dhabi. And I remember thinking, this is going to be, like, this is ever going to be horrible or very good, like, one or the other, and it was horrible. But, um... Um, I'm, I'm getting totally sidetracked here but like uh, it was just it was just it was just crazy and everything happened so fast and he absolutely was a whippet, and uh, you know he'll go on and do great things but um, I don't regret like you know a lot of people the number one question I get is like, do you regret taking that fight the, the answer is no like you know it changed my life and you know it'll change my journey back there and it'll change a lot you know a, a loss is only a loss
1: yeah and um, what was there a lot of recognition after that? Like, even though obviously a lot of people would say like, you know, there was a loss there, but like, would you say, would you look at it in a more positive way and say, you no, know, I was more recognized for actually having the balls to say, yeah, I'll take it. Like I'll go.
0: Yeah. but well, there's two answers. Like UFC probably didn't recognize me as much as I thought they maybe should have, considering we're now sitting here and then released. Um, yeah. But like in terms of, in terms of like Northern Ireland and, uh, you know, like the UK and stuff, like the recognition was, was massive, but you know, that's all hearsay. It doesn't really matter what, what, um, uh, the journalists think of me really, but yeah, the UFC definitely, the UFC definitely didn't, uh, class as high as I maybe expected them to. Um, you know, it was still, still sent my P45. So <laughs>
2: How, how did you take it like being released? Like when it happened, obviously. Was it did you take it bad or was it sort of were you sort of proud of yourself for even getting there in the first place? Or you, you know what? Like uh, I took the I took the loss,
0: the second loss to Morano bad, uh, because I knew I was meant I, I should have won that fight. Like regardless, you know, I, I just fought a horrible game plan. Uh not the game plan I was meant to fight and lost the fight. And I remember actually on the way home, I was like sending my coaches like, that's it. They're like they'll release me and like uh, he was like, no, they won't, and everybody said they won't. But I'm always the guy that not kind of expects the worst because I'm not. I'm definitely not that type of thinker. But like on this occasion, I was like, you know what? I think I, think I could be caught here, and but I, I like to brace myself with that decision. I was I was still shocked when they sent me the message. Mm-hmm. Um, the message how glamorous, but I was still shocked. But like you know, um, okay,
1: yeah, it, it stings for sure, and it still does sting. And if if you don't mind me asking. You were, you were meant, as far as I was, whenever, because obviously whenever it was like, oh, Reece Key's going on, like, he's going UFC, like, foot ground ball, I mean, they were like, holy moly, like, you know what I mean? But like, as far as I was concerned, were you not meant to fight more than twice? Were you not meant to fight, like, three or four times? The way it
0: was, yeah, so you're, you're 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 totally correct. So the, the UFC gives you a contract, like a four-fight contract, or a five-fight, or, or a one-fight. I got a four fight contract. What that really means is the, so if I went into the UFC and won four fights, we would then renegotiate a contract. And it's no different to a contract at work. You sign a contract at work. If you, if you're not doing your shifts, right, you're going to be scrapped, you know, um, it's the exact same situation. Um, you know, there was no, they didn't have to provide the four fights. I had to, you know, if I, if I won one and lost three, I probably would have still been cut anyway. So, um, you would have to be winning two out of four of them to be even in a chance of staying. The 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 hearsay is you can't lose two or three in a row in the UFC. Normally three, but on my occasion two. Yeah, is that I mean, not a lot of pressure? Uh, yeah, you know what it is. It is. Um, it is uh, going into my next fight. I remember like after I lost the second one. I was thinking, right, if I have another one, it's a must win. Like, uh, there is no doubt about it. You have to win your third fight. You can't lose three in a row. And um, so I was expecting that pressure to come. And then the pressure would just burst. <laughs> so there's no pressure now. But, like, even good in that second fight, there was pressure, you know. Nobody wants to lose. I've never lost two in a row, two in, a row in my career. Um, and that one, you know, that's the first time ever. So, um, yeah, there, there was pressure there for sure.
3: Obviously, yeah. you've taken out their fight on the week's notice, but just on a normal, like, coming up to a normal fight, what would sort of go into your preparation for preparing for that fight in terms yeah. of diet and training and stuff?
0: Yeah, just full time for, like, you're talking, like, 12 weeks probably. I anyway, mean, you want 12 weeks, yeah. um, you know, to have your weight coming down, two or three sessions a day, everything, like, tailored on. Like, if, if for your opponent, you would be trying to get, you know, that, like, you'd be trying to get an opponent that suits his style and bring him in the with him for 12 weeks and, just basically do everything you can to mimic the the fight night. So, yeah, we did not have that chance. But, again, like, if I went in and won that fight, I would. I also wouldn't be telling people that story ever, you know? So, um, yeah, you have to have the same. You can't have an excuse if you lose and and uh, no excuse when you win.
3: Yeah. Yeah. What weight what class do you fight in? Um, what's your preferred weight class?
0: Yeah, seventy-seven kilo. So uh, this is a big part of my career. I used to fight at seventy kilo, which is um, hundred and fifty-five pounds, and then I moved up. And now every every pundit and journalist in the company wants me to move back down. bar me, uh, you know, just is traumatic. Like I walk about at eighty-five kilo, eighty-six kilo, um, and have to make seventy-seven. Like to make to cut away back down to seventy would just be, yeah, just daft. That's... what do
3: you what do you find harder do you find it harder going up and weight or down
0: oh down a hundred percent down down that's ridiculous um you know it's always down anyway but like uh fighting at the weight group i'm at now it's just less of a weight cut uh you know yeah. when, again when i had to make the lighter weight group it was just it was just traumatic
3: yeah and, think- and whenever you're in those high weight classes do you feel that the punches are a lot harder and the hits are a lot harder?
0: You know what? I like, I feel um, there's always a saying. There's a saying that goes with fighters, and it's like a happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. And I find when I'm allowed to eat more uh, and I have more food and, and stuff like that, I'm a happier, and nicer person to be around. So uh, <laughs> it's dangerous when I'm when I'm a bit heavier. Uh, when I when I'm making the lighter weights, I'm miserable. I don't want to talk to anybody for like eight weeks. Before. Like, you know <laughs> that, that's a, that is true. It's it's too so bad, but.
2: And have, have you ever like had to do anything extreme to cut weight like you've seen we've seen videos online of basically like, wrapping themselves in cling film and like going into saunas and exercising and stuff like that like have you ever had to do anything along those lines or i've done it for the last 10 years <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that just common people doing that like then
0: in the sport yeah that's common like even like i talk about like moving uh moving up only at class like that still requires like um the last fight I still was can't wait for six hours. the wrapping up in tin foil, um, using a a cream to make yourself sweat. Like it's like a it's called sweet sweat. Uh, hot baths, saunas, anything you can to sweat. You know you're sweating six liters of water out of your body. So dramatic. Uh, like,
1: but how, how long does that take? Like how, like obviously it's a constant process, drop weight, But like. So explain that that more along the lines of that sort of way of losing weight, like wrapping yourself up in tin foil and all.
0: Just uh, so the, the the process is you do twenty minutes in the bath, uh, kind of as hot as you can handle, like you know twenty minutes. In, like and next time you're getting a bath, put a timer on. I guarantee you don't sit too still for twenty minutes. Like it's not too <laughs> really nice. Um, so twenty minutes in, and then you go on. You lie in like a bed and wrap yourself in tin foil and then tiles over it. Like like a mummy for 20 minutes, and you go back in the bath for 20 minutes, then you wrap up for 20 minutes, and then you go back in the bath for 20 minutes, and you wrap up for 20 minutes. And in between this, you would check your weight. You know, so normally uh, I normally give one kilo one hour. So like you know, a bag a a bag of sugar is a kilo. I would normally take about an hour to shift that. So if you have six kilos, you're looking at six hours. But the closer you get to your weight, it normally gets tougher. When I had to make a uh, uh, lightweight which was 70 kilo I had to do eight and a half kilo uh and it took
2: twelve hours. Well is that not like you're not like ready to pass out doing that. Is that not difficult? Like like really, really really dangerous to the point of
0: like uh I used to get IVs before the fight. um uh, <laughs> no, I, I had to find like a private doctor to like get me an IV in my hotel room in London before I fought someone. Like yeah, it's just it's crazy, but you know the the sport is um, the, the sports in the olden days in some some areas. Awesome. Well, is that, that mad? not sort
3: of affect your fighting game whenever you're putting through yeah. all, like?
0: That's, that's why I moved up weight because it, I just got to, it got to the point I was war- well. It got to the point eight weeks before the fight I didn't want to know about the fight. I didn't want to talk about the fight. Um, yeah. and anything to do with it, and then. Straight after the fight, I was like, I just wanted to eat for like five, six weeks. And then as a yo yo effect, you know, so I moved up. And, you know, it's hard. It was hard to even warm up for fights. It was hard to train. I didn't like, you know, in the Northern Ireland, weather, it's cold, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I had like four hoodies to go to training because, like, I was losing so much weight. No, it's not for me. Not for me to no warm.
1: So the easiest way to lose weight is grab yourself some tinfoil and run yourself a hot bath, basically.
0: Yeah, but make sure you have someone with you because <laughs> <laughs> really.
1: that's mad. Like that, that, and would you do that? Would you do that? Like before? Like how, how how far before? Like your are in? would you have to do that? Would you wait as yeah. close as you possibly could?
0: Yeah, uh, yes. So that that's actually a, it's a smart question. Like so, that's what a lot of people don't realize. You don't want to be. You can't be on weight a week early because then you're running about dehydrated and depleted so like if uh well the last one was a good example so we had a weigh-in at nine o'clock and I think I had six kilo to lose no no no, that's wrong so we had a weigh-in at nine o'clock yes in the morning I had three kilo to lose so we started the weight cut at 6 a.m so woke up 6 a.m three hours of cutting weight made weight at nine and then just started um you know drinking again and refueling the best way I could so yeah but like i've seen when i had to make the light weights i was getting there were some nights i was getting up at 3 a.m and that would have been me until you know 12 12 midday way in you're yeah. totally, totally exhausted you know your head's just banging for about four days
2: oh that sounds right
0: i you need to do that for your podcast that that's a, that's where the views are at
2: We'll have to get you to do it with us.
1: We'll, do yeah, we'll wrap Thomas up like a rotisserie chicken. Just I'd
3: say that we'd get about three or four stone off us like if we'd done that. <laughs>
1: There's a video
0: on YouTube of me doing it, so if you want to feel sorry for me, you can get that a watch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a no for me, la. I'm happy enough. <laughs> Another, obviously that's quite, a, like to, to to the normal person, like that's harsh, like. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side to the sort of professional sport that I quite like to ask you about is this whole, like, USADA stuff. Oh, so, like, is that stressful? Like, what, what does that consist of? Like, are they just – because I think you talked about it a bit. Is that – did you do that at UFC, or have you done that throughout as soon as you hit professional level, like they are up your ass, basically? Yeah,
0: so this is the mad thing about professional MMA. Like, so USADA were only ever in the UFC – so I I wasn't USADA tested my whole career until um, I was in the UFC. Uh, and in that time I was tested four times and only had two fights. Um, so I think it I think it's mental and ridiculous and crazy and all of the above that you're not drug tested before. Because I guarantee and you know, I, I know for a fact there's fighters who fight in like these local shows or or European shows that are that are on steroids or performance enhancers. Um, was it stressful for me being on said Absolutely not. If if I was on steroids or performance enhancers, I'd want a refund because I don't look like a guy that's on them. <laughs> you no, know, like it wasn't stressful for me. It was embarrassing at times. Like um, they turn up when you have to pee in a cup, and it's not like you can't turn your back on them. Like they have to, they have to get a view of what's happening, and like that was. Um, dogs like. yeah, I would, yeah I'm very pee shy to say, to say like.
1: see because this is the, this is the thing like whenever you're explaining this to me is the whole like you know someone has to literally watch you pee in a cup okay. and I'm sitting here and I'm like like if you've ever been in an Ulster rugby game the toilets in there like the urinals are you basically are you're standing rubbing shoulders with folk, like, and every time I go in there, I'm like, nope, I'll wait on a cubicle, like, oh, like I'm not, I'm not literally, because like you see the one's just like work, looking around as if it's a freaking free for all, like, like,
0: uh, and then yeah, that's I'm, mad, and then you're
1: telling me a boy's just standing there going like, yeah, here,
0: <laughs> like, I'm not that guy ever, like, I'm I'm a private guy, like, I like to keep, like, I mean, who's not private going to the toilet, but I mean, like, stuff like that, you know, I'm very private with, so. I remember it was actually, so on fight day, I was about to get ready for the for the fight to leave or something, and then not gonna I was about to go nap. that's Sorry, I was about to go nap before we left because, uh, like, on fight day, it's so hard to sleep. So I felt myself, I was like, right, this is it. I'm going to sleep. You get hyped up, like, this is the time, and then knock, knock, the door comes, you Sada. Uh, and so, like, when you're dealing with you Sarah, like, you have to lift the kit bag or you have to lift the box out of the bag. You have to open the box. You have to... And, like ensure that nobody had tampered with it you have to read codes like it's not just like here's a here's a copy in it right give us it back like and if so th- this is a good re- a good example like i i done that and because i was so, so hydrated and um, the the test was actually blank because you're over over hydrated not under hydrated so i had to do yeah. of them and then on the third one uh He said, "No, we can't do it. You're too hydrated. You don't feel your drug test or anything. You don't feel it. it. It, it just, it's just not a reading. But uh like when you're peeing in the cup, like I was trying to like shy away, being like, he's over here, and I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm trying to be fun. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I need to see. You. And I was like, alright, oh, okay, that's weird. <laughs> and then I was doing that, and he was trying to talk to me in between. He was like, you know, some guys like put the tap on and it helps. And I was, I just said, I'm like, listen." one way it's not going to help me if you keep talking like let's <laughs> try and do this here uh, and then like because we were in a hotel room with my with my coaches and teammates like I was like right shut that door like I don't mind you saying but I don't want the guys I'm flying home with to see as well but I think it's right like, I think it comes out, everybody's seen that day so whatever
1: <laughs> yeah hopefully there's hopefully there's not a video of that on YouTube as well <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like uh, that, you saddle boy could have been secretly filming
1: it. But... Yeah, it bit be a bad job if you got out of the hotel room and said to someone, like, your boy watched me peed in a cup. And then someone's like, that's not what they're meant to do. You know, he's dodgy. That's mad, though. Is there any other things that you have to do that, like, is not obviously that or cutting weight that's to the normal human beings? Like, why? Yeah,
0: like, you know what? Like, it's just. I think that the whole obsession of the sport uh, a lot of people don't really get like, um, you just cannot switch it off. Like it mean, you're always thinking about training. You're always, even walking about the house, you're like, I know it sounds mad, but you shadow box, like you, you throw a few like punches throughout your day. Like it's just always on, like there's no off from it. Um, you know, and it's actually very similar to like running a business or, or running a guy, you just can't get away from it. Like, which I love and hate, um, But like it's just totally obsessive, and I think that's the part people struggle with. They're like, "Oh, you know, why do you not switch off and not think?" But it's like, yeah, good one. It's it's all I've done for the last ten years, so it's not possible. Yeah.
3: Have you got any like post-match rituals that you always do before a fight?
0: No, I don't. Um, That's another really common question, but I I wish I did because it'd be a cool story. Uh, But um, in fact, I'm, I'm actually like. Probably the opposite person of that. Like, if I feel a pattern starting to like, if I finally if start to do something, I'll stop doing it because, like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to have a like, right, I need, yeah. my, I need my lucky boxers on or I, I need stuff like that. I do like, I like stuff being in place. Like, but that's, I, I find that being organized. Like, I'll always like, I like to buy like a new pair of trainers and Fight Week just because, like, it's nice. It's a nice feeling getting a nice pair of trainers and Fight Week. and. You know but if you call that superstitious then yes but um you know that would be it
1: no yeah the i've noticed on your stories you're getting into the sea in the mornings <laughs> is that what's the crack there
0: oh that's
1: that's torturing
0: yourself <laughs> uh,
1: why you're what <laughs> uh
0: rebecca wanted to do it for years um Rebecca wanted to do it for years and I was like, nope, hate the cold, don't want anything to do with the cold. Um, Long story short, a year and a half later, a few of my friends were like, right, let's go to the sea and I was like, I can't do it. I told Rebecca I'm not going with her so I definitely can't go with you. So then we did go, me and Rebecca went one week and now we went six weeks in a row and um, I love it. Like, I love the feeling after. I don't love getting up. I don't know, I don't love knowing I'm going the next day. I don't love the drive there but like, see when you're coming out of the water and you you've done six or seven minutes in the cold like sounds sounds horrendous is horrendous but like there's a weird feeling like you just feel i don't know you feel so alive or something not to be too happy but like you just feel like you just feel uh wow like it's class
1: because a lot of people seem to do it as like uh like what Shay there said, like a more like a ritual type thing. Like you see all these people on TikTok and all, and they're like, oh, I'm a 17 year old entrepreneur. Like this is a day of my life where I'm doing 50 million things. I get up at 3 a.m. and I throw myself in the sea. And it's you're yeah. like, why? Love, why.
2: Yeah, I love them
0: videos of like the seventeen year old entrepreneurs and they're like, oh
2: yeah. You see that you see people doing it and they're literally just jumping into like they're a pool in their dad's house or something. They're like, Oh, I'm submerging myself in cold water and he's getting into a pool. Yeah, it's, like, not, it's not quite the grind when you're jumping in your dad's swimming
0: pool out the back in LA like, uh, <laughs> But uh so, yeah, no, it's not a ritual or anything, it's just like uh it's just um something we tried and you know i
1: like the feeling of after especially northern ireland sea because like one thing i never realized i never went on holiday until i started going out with lucinda and then we went to like grand canary or something or me Yorker was our first holiday and the water there was so crystal clear and like one thing i think it makes you really suspicious now of northern ireland sea because you can't see what's below you
0: it's, it's daft like um and you I'm,
1: don't want to know what's below you as well
0: And they say like they say the irish the irish sea is so much colder than even like england's sea and stuff like that. i know they' all connect but like like flip well we must have the the worst water to get into in the morning but like you know anybody that hasn't tried it, I, I definitely do recommend trying it although it is daft and it will make you scream like a girl like it just it is class like, it is really good
1: and how many times a week do you do that?
0: Just once. Once is enough. I know people saying, oh, you have to try it two or three times a week. And I say, no, I don't. And I won't. Like, uh, you know, people do cold showers too, but I think that's harder for me. It's like, I don't want, if I'm getting a shower in the house, it's going to be a, a warm shower. Like, it's not going to be a torture method. Uh, I'll, I'll drive somewhere else for that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I suppose then another question to ask you is you mentioned it earlier on that you don't really like disconnect but like if you were to do something that's not fighting or not training what is it like
0: yes it's it's um it's so hard like you know even even like you know if it's not fighting or training it's work with the gym or doing something with that and if it's not that then it's really you know it all falls back to them two things but like you know walking the dog or or getting out to the sea for a dip and and like and then just your generic like you know I feel like I'm filming a CV and you know when you're kidding you say that I enjoy going to the cinema I enjoy walking my dog (laughs) it's like that that, that's all it is you know like my life's so consumed by like um, training in the gym it's like you know I don't really have time for much else but I wouldn't change it like I absolutely love my life like I don't I'm not saying that oh my life's so bad you know but just generic things like rest and sleeping napping and eating and walking the dogs and that'll do me I'm happy
1: fair enough fair enough um, well, I think we've covered the whole UFC thing as well. Um, a question on here um, was your the the fight you most enjoyed.
0: Fight I most
1: enjoyed.
0: But, um, yeah, um, I, you know what? I'm I'm always a weird guy. Like I always enjoy the last fight. Like even if it's a loss. Like and I really enjoyed my last fight. But I think, I think that's because it's the most recent in my mind, and the re- most you know I've had like I mean I had fights so far back that were great performances, great wins for a world title and stuff. But like because it's so long ago, I don't, I don't care about it. But it's like I don't even find it relevant to my life anymore. Um, you know, so that's not really an answer for you. But like my my uh, my favorite fight is always the one just passed. Probably my best performance though. Uh, was when I won the world title against the guy that beat me in Belfast. We rematched him in, in Wembley in London, and I beat him. And, I, and it's not that it's necessarily my most favorite fight, um, but it was my best, probably my best performance, and a fight that meant a lot. The rematch, a rematch is always fantastic.
3: Yeah. Okay. And I know hey, another, you're, sorry, I'll I go know. on, Shane. <laughs> hey, you are saying there about your gym. That, is, this is your gym that you set up, is it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to run a like I used to run an MMA gym in Calray, which uh, I don't know if you know where it is, but it's not a very massive town or city. It's Definitely not a city; it's a village. <laughs> but I only
1: I only go to Calray for the ice cream, and then that's kind of
0: that's enough of a reason to go to Calray. Reason. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, so I had an MMA gym there, kind of by accident, and then long story short, um, got really addicted to running. Something loved it, loved everything about it, and. And having members and stuff. So we opened a gym in Balamina um called Stealth, but it's not an MMA gym, it's like a, a commercial training facility, like a kind yeah. of small group training thing. And it's yeah, it's fantastic. And it, it's gave me like it's kind of my yin to my yang outside of fighting that it's given me something else to focus on, which you know a lot of fighters are all in fighting, but I'm I very much have another life as well, which I, I find for me definitely healthy.
1: Yeah. What what was that? Because Stealth isn't stealth isn't that old like it's not it's still very like it's still it's november, still very, very fresh
0: november 19th we opened uh yeah, yeah we're 19 yeah so like you know we're not even a year and a half old yet like um but like yeah yeah so we're, we're so we're still so fresh
1: yeah what What was that like opening up a gym because especially around i think around balamina sort of direction there are so many gyms
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What was that like? Was that not a bit of pressure opening up something that you were like, right? How do like how do we get members then when there's so many other options?
0: Yeah, you know um, I mean? like you know what we've done, we filled the gap in Ballymena that there's not there. Like there's so many, listen, there's so many fantastic gyms in, in Ballymena Like I'm I'm not a gym owner that you'll find, uh, you know, saying oh all the gyms are crap. But what we've done though, we we filled a gap. Like you know, there's a lot of people that train, loads of people in their in their gyms. So the people that only do one-to-ones, we're like the middle ground. We're like the we're a small group. So we'll our busiest class will only ever be eight people in the class. Like, you know, we don't like an overcrowded stuff. So we kind of put what wasn't there. and um, we made it a gym for real people. So, you know, you don't have to be highly skilled to come. Uh, you don't have to be an athlete to come there. Like, you know, it's a it's a real gym for real people. And and that's that's I think is the best slogan for for stealth. It's a real gym for real people.
2: Thing that's like a common thing you have people saying now with like gyms is like how busy they are and like you get people being put off about going to the gym because they are so busy yeah like um like i've trained in
0: overpopulated gyms and like you know if you're going to your gym and they don't know your name like after a few weeks like that's not the right gym for someone to go like if you're investing in a coach in a gym and like you need to be valued and you need to be part of the part of the paint work almost and you know I feel like every one of our members like we know they we know who they are we know what they like we know what they're good at what they're not good at we know their dog's name like um you know stuff like that's really really important for me and um so like yeah so overpopulation is not the way to run a gym and in, in my opinion anyway for some it is
2: yeah
3: hey, obviously with lockdown it's probably been a bit difficult for you with uh, opening and closing and stuff with COVID, but what what do you sort of plan to do in the future reopen, reopen in terms of reopening and?
0: Well, we haven't we haven't been opened properly probably in well it's probably approaching a year. Like we've had stints in between where we we're opened, um, you know. But what we, like we went totally online overnight, which was like which and like I'm I'm still so proud of how we were able to do it. But like 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 I don't think we haven't lost like we haven't lost more than two members because we've only gained if that makes sense, like, you know, we are online and Zoom, like, everybody, like, nobody's a nobody's a stranger to Zoom these days and we're the same, uh, you know, we do that, we do a lot of pre-recorded workouts and, and stuff like that, like, everyone's kept busy and their email box is full of workouts, so, um, but, like, obviously, when we reopen, you know, we are a gym, first and, first and foremost, we're not an online training facility, so when we get the green light for the gym, the gym's open again, Um, it's just back to doing what we do best and and continue to do
2: it have you found it like frustrating because like obviously like gym owners like it's it's been one of the industries where like it's been on and off and on and off like you know like i have an auntie's a beautician and i know she's been open and closed and open and closed and my girlfriend's parents own a pub and they're the same like it's just frustrating for people like yourselves like like, yeah you know what it is it's so frustrating. it is. It really is
0: so frustrating. But like, it's the cards were dealt, and you know, I can again, we can be as cliche as we want. But like, what else are we going to do? There's not like my answer is that like we have to do something. We have to move. You know, you have to yeah. like, you know, you can't just. We don't have. Well, I don't like. I don't want to sit in my house for a year and just for this all the past. So yeah, uh, what is it? You have to learn to dance in the rain, kind of thing. So. Um, that's kind of what you have to do, but yeah, it is frustrating And there's days where like I'm just like, "What the flip are that idiot doing?" But you know, it's a, it's a real life crisis or pandemic.
1: Do you think? Do you think the whole gym thing being shut? Do you think that, Because this was a whole conversation in itself. Um, whenever this third lockdown was coming about, was gyms being shut, and then obviously the the effect is going to have on people's physical mental well being. What was your stance on that? like
0: for me my stance has always been the same if you want to shut the world down shut everything down no no difference you know gyms get them shut schools get them shut so like i'm kind of happier with this one but i almost think we should go a step further and like you know like for, for instance like the likes of your superstores, stores there being open like being on bargains have no need to be open and like i'm not against being on bargains and i don't have a against <laughs> them. <laughs> you know there's no reason for like like uh even your you know like even tesco's i think should be like half capacity like you know basic food and rations let's let's lock down properly so um i had no problem with the gyms being shut do i think gyms are the problem no i think everything's the problem uh if that makes sense Uh, i had no pro. you know i I totally understand what they're trying to do you just can't keep going on though like like if we were to do it right once it would be done um but you know i'm no expert but i know they're not experts either the ones that are taking the decisions that's for sure yeah that's Uh, true
3: are you have you merchandised your hoodies or are you selling them or oh these have you seen the logos the logo is really nice
0: one, but, uh, oh, I, we, have, we have a full merch range that they're good. we have the nicest merch in the town <laughs>
3: <laughs> you'll have to send us some over then
0: we'll get it done
3: well maybe we wrap it up with a
1: few other questions that were asked um, which I kind of have reserved which I think are quite good I think they'd be a good talking point so um, how do you deal with the criticism and like if you've got any like you like you were saying there earlier on about the journalists and stuff so like criticism hate comments all that there, like how would you deal with that
0: yeah you know what like up until <clears throat> up until I signed with the UFC I didn't experience one bit of troll one bit of hate and like see since then like boom like my whole thing's changed like, I, I must have like I would get messages on social media like daily like about stuff and about my career um how do I deal with them like the the best advice I ever got, and I got it young, that was like you shouldn't take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. And for me, like that's always just been pure gold. Like you know, why would you listen? Like why would you listen to someone that literally has no aspirations in life or no goal or or anything like that? So like I seen BBC News NI that or BBC Sport NI, like they shared McKeever release from the UFC, and they, these like trolls, like these like middle-aged men like from Northern Ireland. <laughs> what the same men that wrote congratulations when I got signed are now like oh he never I knew he would never cut it and it's like you know what if that's that's the height of their week or weekend then like have a good one because it's just ridiculous it's just ridiculous but how do I deal with it I laugh Uh, sometimes I reply and like have a bit of a troll back with them but normally I just to be honest I block delete and, and almost my day
1: same boys are probably the same people who say, like, they probably know you or something because they walk past you and nod at their head, and, like Tesco and Balmain or something.
2: Um, like, they grow
1: awesome. It's so strange. My, my, whatever it was like, I think someone had said to me, whenever you got signed for the SE someone said, oh, we McKee gets signed for the FC. And literally, the only thing I said was, oh, cool. I sold him a phone. <laughs> that was literally it. I was like, I, I sold him a phone, you know, out there. They were like, wow. sold
0: <laughs> twice too. I, I think he done it twice. So, um, is uh, ross claimed to fame. Uh, yeah you hear some ridiculous ones though. So like i i think uh, like this is weird and i'm not saying this in an egotistical way in any in any sense but like if me and rebecca go for a walk like we went to Carnock, and again the guy who's has messaged me this a few weeks now read this, uh, or hear this i'm sorry and i don't mean cheeky but like people will always like send you a message after you are somewhere like hey i think i've seen you in such and such and I'm like why didn't you say like why didn't you say hello like <laughs>
3: it's a bit odd was he standing in the trees or something in the bushes hiding watching you
0: <laughs> yeah this is the thing I was going to, I was going to see it at uh, 5 to 8 in the morning so it's like where were you? <laughs> but uh you know like so many people or ca- like castle grounds will always like give you a message after but like, oh I think I've seen you and it's like yeah we'll say hello <laughs> Like, yeah you know, I, I'm approachable I would like to think
1: um, it's just a shame that you have nowhere else to get your phone now. I know, uh, I
0: know. This is it. What's, what? What is the lowdown on that? From I right? don't know.
1: Did car phone just shot all the stores down and we were all dispersed? And I, that was just it.
0: You know what? It's all done on online now. Anyway, like um,
1: yeah,
0: you know, is there is there really a place for phone shops nowadays? Like I, there, there
1: like- is like there 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 still is like I think I think out of all this this whole covid thing and everything moving online i think people are gonna appreciate an actual shop after all this and it's the same thing we were talking to chris Sutter, and his podcast is coming out on thursday and we were talking about the exact same thing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, like as much as online is fantastic and it's so accessible like like i know for for me like i miss you miss like communication you miss the process of buying a phone or you know the trust like talking to you about what's the t's and c's like online yeah. that stuff's lost like i signed up for, for another thing um and like there's so many t's and c's i didn't even realize it was like i was in i end
1: up yeah i stuff. i would say i would say towards the end of like working in a retail store which was like quite i feel like like i would maybe say 60 40 or 70 30 like online based a lot of our time was consumed by dealing with issues for online stuff as mm-hmm. opposed to actually doing your job so i would say that's all where it came from like but that's just the way it's going now I
0: think so, the time going to be so different when it opens again like
1: it's, yeah it's
0: going to be crazy
1: i know um yeah. the sort of last i, I thought it was quite a good question as well and we'll maybe wrap up there the worst injury you've ever had in yeah, your fighting I, career
0: i have a few now like and, and this is something like if you asked me a few years ago i would have said i have none but um I fractured my orbital, um, I fractured this, in the fight I was talking about I lost in Belfast actually, I get kneed in the eye socket, so it's like uh, the floor of my eye actually like cracked. So like your eye sits in like a plate kind of thing, and mine like fell down. So um, I didn't need surgery though, which was fantastic. Um, I, have a, I, have a, I have a massive lump in my shin from when I got it kicked once, uh, Like. I think that's the worst one that looks gnarly. Like if people see me in shorts, they're like, oh, what happened to your shin? And it's like, oh, it's been there for like two years. Um, but like, I mean, I broke my nose three times. I've these lovely set of lugs. Uh, you know, so stuff like that. Like, it's, it's what pick your worst really I broke hand and and that and everything. So
2: yeah. this is probably a really stupid question, but I've always wondered like why how do the like fighters' ears get like that? Like, what is the reason for that? Is it like, just from being punched through what is it
0: um it's like the rubbing of like your ears on other people's ears and legs and like as you're grappling and stuff like and, and it's a, a build-up of fluid um and like you have to get them drained and stuff but like you know that's the end product of a, of a drained ear so um it's just horrendous but what do you see,
1: mean what do you mean you have to get them drained like as in like syringed or something
0: a needle and syringe straight into like the not into your like ear hole, like into the into like just so, like say the ear and like they drain the fluid out, and then it goes back in and then it fills up again and you get punched. So uh, you're just trying to minimise the amount of swelling, but uh, eventually, it always, it always goes anyway. But they're not sore anymore.
1: Yeah. What was was there ever a time whenever you got like an injury and you still just had to keep fighting on, but you knew fine rightly, like, oh my god, I've I've wrecked myself here, like.
0: Oh, like, uh, like, I broke my, I broke my hand in it. I, I broke, I uh, know. I sorry, I had done nerve damage in a, in a fight one time. But like, it wasn't even like an injury. It was like my hand didn't feel like it was my hand. If that makes sense, so, like, like I had, like I, had, I seen my hand and like, it didn't. <laughs> it like, do you ever get like, do you ever like have a like a dead hand? Like it just, it wasn't my hand. Um, you know, so that that was not the time I got my leg. Uh, I got the damage on my shin I, I knew that was just so bad because you couldn't tell where my knee was compared to my shin like so I knew something was up <laughs> <laughs> how, how
1: did you manage to throw punches if you couldn't feel your hand because like I know completely obviously unrelevant but like I know I've like fell asleep in my hand before whenever I woke up I've pretty much had to go like move it like how you how did you manage to keep throwing punches while you're a dead on?
0: Well, there was a guy trying to punch me, so you shouldn't work it out. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you think, but you shouldn't work it out. Like, um, yeah, like that's, that's literally it. There's a guy swinging his hand at your head, so you may get your hands working because <laughs> you <there's> no complain <laughs> <late> about it.
3: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: Uh, one thing i wanted to ask was just like have you ever been on like a night out and like someone sort of like started on you and you're sort of thinking to yourself you you don't want to do this like (laughs) (laughs) like, you know you know you could just kill (laughs) them like i'm so lucky like uh no it
0: hasn't happened um like i've never done it but the only time i remember one guy it was actually a white collar boxing show until the glass and i was leaving oh
1: my god well, I mean, what did he have brown shoes on and, and jeans? <laughs> you not
0: know This was the this was one of those occasions that it wasn't that one. Um But like it was like a boxing night and um a guy like he he claimed to be my friend, but he said, "Oh, sure, you were whatever last weekend because I lost like the weekend before." And for some reason, like I just like, I didn't snap, but like. Like grabbed him by the shirt and like 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 just pushed him against the wall and like like I was like I'm gonna swear by like who like who are you talking to like you don't you don't know me like you're not my friend and he, and then everybody like, oh calm down calm down I was like I have nothing to calm down he just like some random guy has basically said you're rubbish last weekend I was like you know it's not it's not fair so um, that's the only time but like no one's ever like tried to fight or or start the fight or anything like that and you know. Yeah. I I dread the day that that does happen. Like it would, it's not me at all. Like you know, anybody that knows me, I I would I wouldn't be the I'm not a fight starter. Or like that,
1: is there is there something there that if someone did like, it, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna like put this really weirdly, but is there like a law or something there where like pretty much if someone did start on you, like you would probably get into trouble for. Well, using like, the skills that you've obtained Liam Neeson style over the many number of years It's,
0: a, it's a, I've always heard the rumour like if an MMA guy or an MMA or a boxer like punches someone then they apparently they can get um, charged on like uh, assault with weapons but uh, I've also heard that <laughs> it that um, that it's a self-defense it's a self-defense scenario it's a self-defense scenario if someone comes up to me and they punch me three or four times in the face and i'm standing there like you know i'm sorry but like at that stage i'm gonna have to punch someone back you know if someone come up and push me and said i'm gonna punch you i'd be like oh all right okay like you know let's calm down but um no i think self-defense would still always stand you know like you know if someone again if someone was attacking you like you know you have to defend yourself and uh, i'll never do different if someone attacks me
2: you would yeah. probably know though like obviously being as skilled as you are like how to like handle a situation without causing the person that much harm like yeah. if you know what i mean i would try and rest- i would try
0: and restrain them for sure like i actually done the door for for some time in balamina which was <laughs> but like um like Where- even- whereabouts in the grice and the, the country oh
1: my god
3: All right <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sometimes there you would have like altercations, but not like we're not with swinging punches, but like you had to restrain people. Uh, and like I found MMA was fantastic for that. Like it would just yeah. it was kind of like train them, but easier because they were they, nobody knew what they were doing. Um, so like yeah, you're you're right. If someone was punching me, I, I'd be able to like take them down and kind of like kind of what the police would probably do, like put like hold them there until I don't know until they ever calm down or or something else happened. I, I'm not sure, but I, yeah, I would I would just try and restrain them. Uh, or poke them in the eye and run away.
1: <laughs> do some MMA type stuff and just like flick them in like a nerve in their neck and they just fall, <laughs> go to sleep. But do you think like one thing I was gonna ask you was did you do like a door like a doorman type thing? Yeah. Do, is is there like a thing with doormen where like they purposely some people just do it to be <laughs> twats? Because like I know I've walked into I think it's now the smoking monkey in Balamina, and I literally had a car key in my hand and was going in to pick someone up and was turned away. They were like, "No, no, you can't come in. You're steaming." And I was like, "Are you serious? <laughs> like, I've got a car key in my hand. Like, I'm I'm far from it." Like, uh, like you know
0: what? I think um, you know. I think they're the most of one of the most egotistical professions. Um, and nine times out of ten, they're just someone. Who's way too big for their body, and you know, just feels like they could beat everyone up. Like, um, actually, not to keep holding you back or keep putting me off, but like there was this situation in Scotland one time where I was over for fights, and, and we did have a few drinks, whatever. And some guy was putting me out, but he was like being way over dominant. Like I was like, "Listen, what are you doing? Like, you, you have no need to be like trying to pull me out." I guess, and like, so there's a move in MMA. It's called an an arm drag. So you grab their wrist and then you pull them and and like then so they go from like facing you to like their back so I done that on them and I kind of basically walked him out as I was walking out um but like there's stuff like you know so there's stuff like I didn't I wasn't like removing him from the place but I was just it was basically like listen calm down like
1: yeah you don't know I'm capable of type scenario
0: um it's an egotistical profession but you know it's, it's a scary profession too so um they're very rattled because you know, you don't know what someone if they could have a, bit of a bottle uh, in their back and they're a bit of you. So sometimes I would give them saving grace on that. But you know, mm. the likes of you there with keys clearly sober. Um, yeah, that that to be honest, they're probably just being a being a bit of a tool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Well we'll end that there. I think that's all the questions that pretty much everybody had asked. Um, is there anything you want to say, like in terms of is there anything announcement for your like your gym or is there anything is there anything upcoming that uh, no, we could get an exclusive on?
0: <laughs> absolutely nothing upcoming. The only thing that is upcoming is me saying that I'm not doing anything soon. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a lot of time and, and really try and reinvent myself as a fighter and, and, you know, take take care of a lot of stuff that I probably haven't had the chance to because I've been fighting so much. So, you know, right now it's improving. Uh, getting better, getting as much experience in with the training partners and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'd be surprised if I fought before uh, July. Anyway, I'd, I'd definitely be surprised. Um, no, I, I definitely won't. You yeah. Know, when I'm set away, like so, this is this is my plan. So July, I'll improve, and then I'll come back and, and set the MMA world the fire.
1: Yeah. And is the main is the goal now going to be, sort of. <laughs> i was going to even say i was going to put that very badly there and say like sort of redeem yourself type thing but i don't really think that's the way to put it but like is the goal to basically get back in ufc and and sort of show them what
0: absolutely um you know like people like i'm not sure how familiar there's a show bellator and you know you could go to bellator and you could get a very very nice payday and you know probably be a lot stress free and, and stuff like that but ufc is the pinnacle and until i get there and, and win many many fights and and you know move towards the best in the world then i do have a lot to redeem um absolutely I'm, I'm not scared to say it you know i want to go i want to get back there and show them what they missed out on but uh you know i have nothing against them and they have nothing against me but we'll, we'll do business again
1: yeah well coming. good luck anyway and um Hopefully everything works out well for you anyway and if there's any upcoming fights, we'll be sure to be watching them. We'll not be live streaming them because I've heard Dana White's coming after boys here. I think we're
0: safe
3: We pay for all our fights. <laughs> but no, thank you very
1: much for coming on and good luck with the gym and MMA and everything and, and your time will come, I'm sure.
2: Pleasure, I appreciate it. Thank you. Right. Cheers.